Be Wealthy and Smart, episode number 227. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, I interview Doug McCormick, who was recently on another show. And what's so interesting about Doug is he's written a book called Family Inc., which is about being a CFO for your family, which is in the previous podcast. But he also works in private equity. And private equity is something that isn't talked about a whole lot. In fact, I didn't really run across it a lot in my career other than in the institutional marketplace. So we're going to talk about it because it's important for you to know that it exists out there. It's a way that people make money. It's a way that endowments and institutions, pension funds make a lot of money. It's kind of like Shark Tank, if you know the show, and investing in businesses or investing in people that have an idea for a business. That would be more venture capital or investing in a, an existing business, maybe a leveraged buyout. So these are types of private equity that are where people invest. I think private equity is very interesting because it's something that the Yale Endowment has become very well known for. They've had 20 years of consecutive positive returns, and they've had one of the best returns track records in the industry. Yale has really been setting the asset allocation model on its head, if you will, because it puts a larger percentage of its investments in non-liquid type investments like private equity and investing in businesses. So it's helped them raise their rate of return while lowering their risk. However, you do sacrifice having the liquidity. Private equity is not something that most retail clients can invest in because it does require that you're an accredited investor. That means that you have a million dollars in assets excluding your home residence and or that you have $300,000 in annual income. There are some slight variations on accredited investors depending on what you're investing in, but Needless to say, it is for people that have more money and can afford to take more risk. I always think it's good to know what investments are out there, what investments the high net worth people are investing in, and just getting yourself more familiar with higher level things that aren't discussed at the everyday retail investor level. So I think you'll find this an interesting interview. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. So I'm excited to have Doug McCormick on the show. Welcome to the show, Doug. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it, Linda. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. We're going to chat about private equity today, and people want to know how you got to, where. first of all, where you are and how you got there. Sure. So uh, I'm a managing partner at a private equity firm based out of Washington, D.C., called HCI Equity. Um, and my, my path is somewhat circuitous. Uh, I studied economics in undergrad. 
um, was active duty um, service for a period of time, went back to business school at Harvard and studied finance, um, spent a couple years in investment banking in Manhattan, and have been a professional investor for the last 20 years. And I think you know the reason I'm, I'm here talking to you is I, I recently published a book called Family Inc., Using Business Principles to Maximize Your Wealth. And I'm, I'm very focused on uh, trying to promote um, informed conversation around financial literacy and economic security. And so uh, many people are interested in, in private equity as an asset class and what it means to them as individual investors. And so I uh, thought that would be an interesting topic for today. It is a great topic. I think a lot of people aren't really familiar with what private equity means. Can you give us a definition? Yeah, I, I think the best way to explain it is to first contrast it with public equities. And most people understand uh, about public equities because there's lots of press on it. And we know of public companies like Starbucks and Amazon and Ford Motor Company. And there are multiple reasons on why those stocks may be good investments. They're very liquid, which means you can sell them whenever you want. Um, they're very big and mature companies, which means they have established businesses and they've demonstrated success in the past. And there's also lots of information about those kinds of businesses. And so research analysts publish information and you as an investor can always uh, use that information to decide what the appropriate action is. You know, the negative thing about the public markets is uh, because of all that information, they're very efficient. And as a result, you see a lot of conversations around the ability to beat the market in general. And there's a big movement toward, you know, passive investing or ex exchange traded funds. Well, so private equity is, is kind of uh, the antithesis of that. And in private equity, you focus on companies that yet don't have established business models or, um, for whatever reason, don't have a profile that would allow them to be public. Um, and I think, in, importantly, they, they have many of the same uh, capital needs as public companies, so they still may need to raise capital for investment, or the owners uh, may need to sell part of the business uh, for generating their own liquidity, and that's the opportunity for private equity. And so, simply, it is um, buying an equity security that is not on a public exchange, um, the two most common types of private equity are venture capital. Venture capital focuses on emerging businesses, things like Uber, Snapchat, you know, Facebook and Google um, have been uh, beneficiaries of venture capital in their history. Uh, and the other big part of the private equity industry is called buyouts or leverage buyouts. And this capital generally focuses on mature businesses that may be good businesses, but again, for some reason, don't have a profile that makes them good candidates to be public. Interesting. So I think people are under the impression that a lot of businesses today are technology companies, but there's actually a lot of really old, boring companies that are great uh, investments for private equity, right? Yeah. So if you think about the two big buckets I mentioned, the, the venture capital and then the, the late stage it's called referred to as buyout or leverage buyout. Um, well, more than half of the money that's in this asset class is allocated to these late stage companies, um, just because they're generally bigger, um, they require more capital. But certainly, lots of businesses in Main Street America uh, that are very unlikely to ever be big enough or exciting enough to be public, but are still very good businesses. And so, what would be the advantage to the owner of taking in private equity rather than going public? Well, um, a lot of times it's not an option. Um, the second is when you go public as, as an owner, uh, in many cases, 
you may have raised capital on an exchange. You now have a public currency, but that doesn't mean you've sold all your shares. And so um, partnering with a private equity investor may be a lot faster way to get um, liquid. And the other thing I think is, in many cases, private equity can bring more than simply capital. They can bring um, expertise to go execute a strategy. So, for example, um, a common strategy in um, the leveraged bio community is doing things to consolidate an industry. And so, in many cases, business owners look for a capital partner uh, to go execute a certain strategy, whether whether it be investments in R&D, international expansion, or some kind of consolidation. That's really interesting. A friend of mine has a very successful pizza restaurant, and I think they've gotten to about 35 uh, place locations on their own. And they recently took in a private equity investor who provided liquidity for them and also expertise so that they can go nationwide and make it you know, a nationwide franchise, which is going to be really exciting. It is. It is. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the interesting uh, part about this market. I think if you look at public companies and the amount of transactions that happen when people are buying securities, like the volume of the exchanges, if you will, most of that activity is a buyer and a seller trading that um, security without the company being involved. So there's really not a business purpose around a lot of that volume or activity, if you will. Um, on the private equity side, it's it's very contrary to that. There's always a real business need that's being accomplished. So in your example, you know that founder is um, getting um, liquidity for his life's work. He's also found a partner that will be there to support him with additional capital if he finds good investment opportunities, and also has probably done this a few times, so he can provide some expertise as well. So it's really, um, you know, there, there's real um, operational and strategic objectives that occur in these transactions. But from an investor's point of view, it's really limited to accredited investors, right? Yeah, I think you know I, I would encourage people to think about um, how private equity is in in um, is influencing them or affecting them more broadly. Um, I think very few investors will have the capital base or the skill set to be actively participating in private equity funds. You do have to be an accredited investor, um, but I still think that most of us, whether we know it or not, are influenced by what's happening in the private equity community. For example, um, if you are the beneficiary of a pension, probably some of your pension assets are invested in some uh, private equity manager. Um, Also, many of the businesses around you are likely owned by private equity. Things, as I mentioned, not owned but invested in, such as Facebook and Uber. Um, And then the last, I think there are a few public vehicles that are actually um, private equity businesses that are publicly traded. Um, and so those are always interesting to watch. I'm not, wouldn't say I would recommend them. I'm not unrecommending them. I just, that, that's not the point of the conversation. Um, but it, this is a very common asset class that's becoming more influential in our economy. Definitely. And so they, they might be participants in private equity without really realizing it through their pension and others, as, as you mentioned. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell people what an accredited investor means. Um, an accredited investor uh, essentially means – then there are different rules, but essentially means um, that you've been deemed to have a skill, the skill sets um, to actively understand if this is a good investment or not, and so you can a- assume a greater level of risk. Um, and it also is – there's a test re- regarding um, the amount of assets you have, 
such that you're deemed to be able to afford to have this asset, A, possibly lose value, or B, at least be a liquid for a very long period of time. You know, the the big challenge of private equity is that um, unlike the public stuff, which you can sell very quickly, uh, once you're in these investments, um, there's it's very difficult to get out. Um, and so you, you've really got to be comfortable with not needing that money for quite a while. Well, there is a movement to sort of get around that rule of being an accredited investor. And we have heard, you know, of different GoFundMe kind of situations that are coming up. Are you familiar with those? And what do you think of those? You know, I, I've got to tell you, I'm I'm not. Um, and, and I probably should be, but I'm, I'm so amazed at the pace of innovation around um, financial tools and, and uh, products right now. And a lot of that, I think, is, is fintech-driven, uh, but I'm, I'm just not up to, to uh, speed on the initiative you're talking about. Okay. So what do entrepreneurs and small business owners need to know about private equity? Yeah, I think um, you know, the number one thing is it's a rapidly growing asset class. And as it grows, I think um, its impact on um, the business community will continue to increase. Um, as an entrepreneur or a small business owner, um, you should know that private equity may very well be a good solution to accomplish your direct uh, your objectives, whether they be growth or exit. Um, you know, I think uh, you're also more likely to be impacted by it not only as a solution for you, but in your markets uh, that may be um, you may be seeing competition that is has partnered or benefiting from a private equity partner. And then the last thing I think I would would suggest if you decide that private equity is an interesting uh, solution for you uh, to take the long view and uh, think holistically about the choice. Um, And so obviously there's a a big financial element to the private equity choice. How much did the uh, investor pay for my business? What are the terms of that investment? And those are very important. Uh, but along with that, um, realize that it's the beginning of a journey, not the end. And you better have gotten yourself comfort with the chemistry with your partner, the alignment of incentives, uh, consistent values and vision about where you want the business to go. And I think if, if uh, you pick a good partner, they're likely to have skills that are complementary to the needs that you need, that you have as you execute your business strategy. So, so look at it as um, the beginning of a journey, not the end, and um, you know, ensure that you're getting more than simply capital from your partner. Mm-hmm. And how do private equity investors attempt to create value compared to other forms of investing? Yes. So if I compare it to um, you know, our public equities um, analogy again, I think um, the first thing I mentioned earlier is it accomplishes a real business objective. It's not simply between buyer and seller. You're satisfying an entrepreneur's need for uh, growth capital or liquidity. Um, I think the community, the private equity industry, benefits from the inefficiencies in the market. And what I mean by that is there's no public information about these businesses. And so it's not a, a freely traded security. And as a result, it's a negotiation. Uh, that generally allows people to buy um, assets in the private equity market um, a little more cheaply than the public markets. Um, historically, um, leveraged buyouts have benefited from using debt and the lower cost of capital associated with that and the tax um, benefits of using debt. Uh, you know, Candidly, I think that's um, become pretty standard course and no longer a real source of incremental value. 
Uh, and I think the big opportunities on a go-forward basis, and they've happened historically, but I think this is where the future is, is private equity investors coming with uh, specific skills to support the business growth. And that could be, you know, again, investments in R&D, um, the ability to consolidate an industry, the ability to work through a distress situation. Um, but it's that activist investing element that I think adds real value. Yeah, I think, you know, today there's so much innovation happening in energy and technology and just so many different areas. It really is incredible to have people bring in the expertise as well as, you know, not just financial, but just a lot of different types of expertise to get people propelled faster in the direction that they're going for their success. Well, I think you, you know, you highlight a really interesting dynamic here, which is as the pace of innovation picks up, the ability for entrepreneurs to accomplish their objective at the pace of the market without outside capital becomes harder and harder. And so you see a lot of these um, you know, public companies, they raise huge amounts of capital because they need to be first to market or get to market relatively quickly because once that brand is established, you know, the barriers to entry uh, have increased. So, yeah, I think um, you're seeing you know, really compression of that innovation cycle in a way that requires more capital. Mm-hmm. And you also see these incubators out there where they're, you know, trying to get companies started and get some capital behind it to get some momentum. And fintech is one of those areas that we have seen a lot of innovation. And it's really interesting to see, you know, some of them I've seen just fall by the wayside and they just didn't work. They were trying to be too creative or they were too early or whatever the problem was, but they just never really took off. And then others, you know, really go and fly. What what kind of... Um, are there any kind of percentages of private equity investments that are successful versus not successful? No. Um, I, actually, I should say, I'm sure there are, uh, but I think those percentages are very deceiving because it's so um, unique to the, to the circumstances. Yeah. So, f- for yeah. example, late-stage leverage buyout um, in general has less volatility, yeah. um, but it also is unlikely to return you know, 10, 20 times your money. And the venture capital is much likely to experience failure, but you also have the opportunities to hit, you know, the 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 unicorn, if you will, and and you know deliver, you know, a hundred times uh, return on investment. And so, um, you know, I think it really depends on the type of investing profile that you're pursuing. Yeah, and the venture capital, they're a lot more just younger and and not as well established versus the leveraged buyout. You're really talking about established businesses out there that maybe, I mean, I remember in the old days, years ago, um, that, you know, employees would buy the company through a leveraged buyout. And Mm -hmm. um, that was a very popular phase of capital markets at one point. Are we still seeing that kind? What's happening in the leveraged buyout space right now? Well, I, th- I think you know there's still you know there's a there's a big uh, push behind the demographics, right? So we've got a lot of um, you know aging entrepreneurs who are uh, have approached retirement age and are approaching retirement age, and you know they have a fundamental choice, which is most of their wealth is in their uh, business, and they're asking themselves, do they have a successor either in the business or somebody in the family? And in many cases, they they don't. And so, you know, private equity is a pretty elegant alternative um, for them to, to monetize their, their life's work. So I, I think it continues to be, you know, the, de- the demand and the transaction volume for these kind of businesses continues to be very strong. 
Mm-hmm. And so they can use the assets of the business to take on debt to make the buyout. Is that? Yeah. Yes. And it's um, it's the assets of the business and it's the cash flows of the business. Um, I would tell you, you know, the buyout industry started in the 70s and 80s. And back then, um, the leverage standards were very different than they are today. And so um, the availability of debt is not um, near as, as uh, easy as it used to be. Um, so there's still significant equity contribution. And that's usually from you know, entrepreneurs, as well as institutions like mine, who, you know, that's what we're doing for a business is, you know, facilitating that transaction by contributing uh, equity capital. Mm-hmm. Well, Doug, tell us how people can contact you for more and your just your details about how to find you. Yes. So, um, you know, the uh, book Family Inc. or Family Inc. Uh, is got a website called familyinc.com, and that's Family Inc. as in Incorporated. Um, and also, um, you know, we've got a website HCI Equity. And if um, entrepreneurs out there have a business that they're interested in uh, selling, um, love for you to reach out to me on that basis as well. Any particular asset size? Um, yeah, we're we're middle market, so we're you know generally investing between ten and fifty million. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.